Thank you, Brooklyn. Man, isn't God's word powerful? Amen. Well, we are on our final session. Y'all know that I like vacation analogies, so we're going to start off with another one. But I was telling the girls this morning, I was like, I feel like I'm on the last day of vacation. And you know that moment where you're like, you see all the other people coming in with their bags because it's their first day, and then you're packing up your bags, like, leaving? That is totally how I feel. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're on the last day, last session. But uh, we also know um, that God continues to move after the conference. Amen? Amen. Well, as I was praying this last week and was seeking the Lord, I was praying and asking the Lord, man, what do we close out this last session of abounding with? Do we teach abounding in grace? Do we teach abounding in love, abounding in hope, abounding in faith, abounding in self-control? I mean, there's, that's the great thing about the word abounding is you can go to the word and stick a word behind it and then pretty much make it into a message. Abounding 2022, right? So, amen. Amen. Um, so, but all that to say, I really was just having a hard time of figuring out what direction the Lord was leading me in. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to open up his word and I'm just going to read and see if he gives me anything. And so as I started re reading, I opened up the book of Matthew and I started a reading about Jesus's mercy, his compassion, love for people, to then him performing miracles of healing, to casting out demons in people, to, to spending time with the least of these people. And I couldn't stop. I just kept going, reading chapter after chapter. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, God's word is so good. It's so powerful. And I'm learning new things that the Lord is showing me, even though I've read this passage several times before. And I was amped up full of joy and passion as I continued to read the word of God. And then the light bulb went off, a.k.a. Holy Spirit, which is to finish our final session on abounding in the word of God. Ladies, are we abounding or overflowing with the word of God? Are we saturated with the word of God? Are we consumed with the word of God? Are we transformed by the word of God? To where if someone were to see how you live your life, they would affirm and say, yes, their lives are a clear reflection of someone who is overflowing with the word. That your life, you would live your life in such a way that you would know the word of God, love the word of God, and that you are transformed by the word of God. Are you abounding and overflowing in the word of God? And my prayer, our prayer, is that you would leave this session not just wanting to abound in his word, but that you would know how to abound in his word and why you should abound in his word. So if you will open up the word to Matthew 4.4, 4, Matthew chapter 4.4, 4. we're going to be uh, doing all, we're going to be going throughout a lot of scriptures in this session. This is just the first one we're going to jump into tonight. Uh, feel free to follow along with us, or those scriptures are going to be on the screen for you. Again, if you don't have a Bible, we've got leaders in the back that can grab you one. Just feel free to raise your hand, and we can get that to you. So Matthew 4, 4, we're going to pray and then dive on in. Well, Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what your word says about your word. 
And so now, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to be engaged. Lord, I know for me, uh, just even just this morning, Lord, woke up not feeling super great. And so, Lord, I just pray, as, as Melanie said on, on stage, just, just leading worship, man, there, there really is, there's power in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I'm just asking right now for your power, God, to empower me through this message, Lord. Lord, I know every girl in this room, uh, again, is coming in with different circumstances, with different things that uh, they're struggling with, God, or different things that uh, maybe they need healing. And so, God, we just ask right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would do that. That you would speak to each lady in this room. That you would bring healing in whatever form that looks like, God, in this room. And as we finish out this session, Lord, we don't want just information. We want heart transformation. So, Father, speak to us now. We ask all these things in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, back in my college days, uh, my schedule consisted of staying up super late. Uh, amen. Getting up early in the morning and then going to class. And then after class, I would head to our student union building. I went to Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes. And none of y'all have uh, gone there. Great. So... <laughs> Uh, awesome college. But anyways, so I would go to our student union building, and in their student union building, they had the library. Uh, you could uh, get food there, all the things. And so I would get there before my next class, and I would grab donuts, a big thing of Red Bull, and then a big gulp of Dr. Pepper. And so I'd take that to class. It's like my Red Bull in my backpack, eat my donuts on the way, had my Dr. Pepper as backup. Then... I'd finish my class, and then I'd go back to the student union building, and I'd get lunch, Chick-fil-A. Not much has changed there. And so get Chick-fil-A, and then I would head back after class to the sorority house where I would study, uh, spend time really with just friends, and then dinner would happen. And typically the house would cook like chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes, just all the good like southern cooked food. And that's what I do for dinner. And then I'd stay up late hanging out with people. And then at 11 o'clock p.m., I would go to Whataburger. Now, if you don't know what Whataburger is, it's what us, I knew there'd be some folks in here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it is what uh, us Texans like to eat. Best greasy burger ever, okay? But at 11 o'clock is when they served the honey butter chicken biscuit. If you haven't had the honey butter chicken biscuit, it's life-changing. I mean, so good. So good that you couldn't get it until 11 o'clock p.m. Because that's when it was available to, to, to buy and eat. And I would get two of them, drive home, eat the honey butter chicken biscuits, and then I would go to bed. All that to say, my healthy diet, lack of sleep, and Dr. Pepper's eventually caught up to me. You see, my junior year of college, I was walking out of a doctor's office, and I started noticing, I was like, man, I'm kind of not feeling super great, like kind of feel a little lightheaded. But there were people in the waiting room, and it was full, and I was like, I don't want to like go sit in the waiting room, because they just totally saw me come out of the office. That'd be embarrassing. They're probably like, what be, why, why is she coming to sit with us? Total pride. And so I thought, 
if I can just make it to my car, I'll be good. Well, needless to say, I did not make it to my car. The last thing I remember was waking up in a pool of blood uh, because I had passed out and my chin was the first thing to hit the pavement. Now, I saved this story after your Chick-fil-A breakfast, so you're welcome. (laughs) But I uh, totally fell on the pavement and after several tests, went to the hospital, CT scans, uh, four dental implants later, um, it came down to one thing, not taking care of my body. My body wasn't get, getting the nutrients it needed, including protein, vitamins, the minerals that it needed. I was super dehydrated because I drank Dr. Pepper as my H2O intake for the day, which ultimately led to me passing out and thousands of dollars later. And the reason I share this story with you this morning is because just like our bodies need and benefit from healthy food and water, we as believers in our spiritual walk with God need the word of God to sustain us, to to give us life, and to give us the spiritual nutrients we need in order to survive and thrive. And scripture specifically talks on this. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 4.4. You should be there. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not only do you need food, but you need spiritual food, the word of God. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I'm called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And I remember the first time when I read that, I was like, what does he mean he ate his words? Well, obviously, right, figuratively speaking, we aren't literally to eat the pages. We are to read them and listen to the words of God. And as we do that, we are to ingest them, meaning we are to absorb them, to to meditate on them, that the words of God would be so rooted, dwelling within us, that we are healthy, trained up, and ready to go for what God has in store for us today, tomorrow, and the days, weeks, and future to come. I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but this 2020 Summer Olympics, uh, which is what they're still referring to them as, even though we're in 2021, but COVID. And so uh, those are happening in just a a short month and a half. On July 23rd is the opening ceremony of the Summer Olympics. And one of my favorite Olympics event to watch is track and field. I love track and field because as these athletes have trained up, worked hard, dedicated their time and energy and efforts all towards the moment when that gun goes off, they are sprinting for victory. And and I love it because, one, I'm just in awe of their bodies, like how they can do what they do. And then secondly, I'm, I'm genuinely in awe and I love it because it reminds me of the race that God has set before us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The only way you are going to be able to run with endurance, sprinting, leaping over those hurdles in your life, is because you've been trained up with the word of God. And if you choose to sit around and be lazy, eating spiritual junk food, 
that that doesn't give you the spiritual nutrients your body needs, you are not going to thrive. We are called to abide in the word of God. Of God. John 8, 31, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. That word abide means to remain, to continue in, to, to stay in. If you remain in my word, if, if you continue in my word, if you stay in my word, if you live by my word, then you are truly my disciples. And if you are a believer in Christ, evidence of that should reflect and show one who is abiding in his word. I heard it once said, if we don't abide, we don't survive. We need God's word, and we are to overflow in his word. And there's so many scriptures uh, that talk about why we need and why we should abound in God's word. From the fact that the word is life to us, Proverbs 4.22. That it is truth for us, John 17.17. 17. That it heals people and delivers them from destruction, Psalm 107.20. That it leads and guides us, Psalm 119.105. That it teaches us, corrects us, and trains us, 2 Timothy 3.16.17. That it helps us for fighting and falling into sin, Psalm 119.11. That it is living, active, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. That is the very words of God, 2 Timothy 3.16, and it, that it proclaims and proves of God's redeeming grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. Genesis 1 through Revelation 22. And if we know that about his word, we should want to abound in his word. So how do we do that? How am I to overflow with? How am I to abound in the word of God? Are you ready? We read it. We study it. We listen to it. We meditate on it. And if you aren't in the word, listen, you aren't going to abound in the word. And let me just empathize here. Um, at times, the Bible isn't the easiest thing to read. It's stretching. It's convicting. There are parts that are tough to understand. There are difficult passages that we will read. 2 Peter 3.15-16 through 16 says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. Now listen to this next part. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant... And unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. He continues in verse 17. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And I love that Peter addresses this. That there are things that are hard to understand. Yet God is a perfect communicator. Just because at times we have a hard time understanding, we need to know that God is perfect. And he communicates perfectly. Psalm 1830 says, as for God, his way is perfect. 
Listen to this. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And so if we know this, how do we then go about, uh, go about understanding and abounding in his word? Well, first, we pray. First point, if you're taking notes, how do we uh, understand and abound in his word? We pray. We ask God for help, that he would help us to understand his word. Psalm 119, 18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Proverbs 2 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. That passage affirms that the Lord gives wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for those who ask and seek it. And I love that, that it says seek it, because a lot of times what we do is we say, and ask, okay, Lord, help me, help me to understand this passage. Okay, cool. And then we go to read that passage and we're like, well, still don't understand it. Moving on. Listen, it requires you to do some digging. To, to look at scriptures, other scriptures. To, to seek out and read the verses beforehand and after that provide context of what is taking place. We, we need to put some effort towards it. All the while praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help. Secondly, we pray that we wouldn't just have the understanding or knowledge of his word, but that we'd be transformed by his word. We don't want just information, we want transformation. And ladies, this is huge, because listen, you could have more knowledge than you could ever want in regards to God's word. You could have lots of head knowledge, but your heart be far from him. Mark 7, 6 says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. When, when Jesus says that, he is speaking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders in the Bible who knew God's law, that they had knowledge of it, yet they had no love for Christ. And I love how author Brian Chappelle says it. He says, the love for God that the gospel of grace stimulates in us provides power for Christian living that knowledge alone can not. He's basically saying knowledge alone isn't enough. You need both head and heart. And listen, there is a clear difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing him personally. A few years ago, Kevin, Kevin and I, had the, my husband, had the opportunity to go and share Jesus uh, in a part of Africa called Lesotho. Um, it's actually, if you were to look at the map, uh, you would see Africa, and then it's literally its own country within South Africa called Lesotho. And y'all, it was awesome, like one of the best trips I've ever been on. And so we show up, and first off, the land itself and the scenery was just nothing like I'd ever seen before. The, the sunsets were uh, pink and purple with like this yellow-orangey tint all mixed in. Uh, we, the mountains were like 
you could just see him just continuing to keep going and keep going and keep going. It was crazy. And then the people there, just so full of joy. I mean, we show up and they're like smiling from ear to ear. And what's crazy is they had no idea uh, where or when they'd get their next meal. They, they had no idea when it was going to rain uh, for the Lord to provide food for their crops to grow or for fresh and clean water. It was like all the realities around them didn't exist because when we showed up, they are singing, they are dancing, they are just like so full of joy. And I actually have a couple pictures uh, up here for you guys. So this is the, yes, just beautiful. Like the scenery was just amazing. Uh, Nicole, can you go to the next one? Who was just awesome. Like this was when we first arrived and just like the first thing we saw when we got there. And then you can go ahead and show the next one. And when I'm saying so full of smiles, I love these girls because they were like kind of the meek, quiet girls. But they were just so super, super, super sweet. And then this next one's my favorite picture. So <laughs> it was awesome. So they were in the middle of like singing a song. And he like straight up just turns and like smiles at the camera. So sweet. Just so full of joy. And then uh, the next one. And then these little kids, so I put my hand on the window, and every time I would put my hand in a new spot, they thought it was amazing, and they'd, like, chase it with me, just, like, full uh, of laughter and joy. Just amazing, amazing trip. Now, if I asked everyone in the room to raise your hand if you know about Lesotho, Africa, all of you would do that because I just told you about it. And if I were to uh, have one of you come up and, hey, can you just come up and share with, with everyone about Lesotho, Africa? If you were listening, you should be able to do that. But listen, it's one thing to know and to be able to come up here and share about Lesotho, Africa. And it's a whole nother thing to have gone there and have experienced it. And it's the same with Jesus. It's one thing to know about him. It's one thing to, to know that he is the son of God. It's one thing to know his scriptures. And listen, it's a whole nother thing to have experienced the love of Christ and have a relationship with him. Two completely different things. And you need both head and heart. You can't have one without the other. Love and knowledge go hand in hand. And that's why Paul prays in Philippians 1.9. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. And why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And if I, give all, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. We don't just read the word for information alone. We read the word so that we can have knowledge and transformation. How do we abound in the word? First thing, we pray to understand it, and we pray to be transformed by it. Second thing, if you're taking notes, how do we abound in the word is we prioritize. We prioritize. 
We prioritize things every single day. Whether you realize it or not, we prioritize things that matter to us. So just think about this last week for you and the things that you said yes to and the things you said no to. For you, uh, it may be you said yes to hanging out with a specific person because you enjoy being around them. Or maybe you said no to hanging out with a specific person because you don't enjoy being around them. Maybe for you, your week consisted of working from 8 to 5 because you got to make money to eat and you are financially providing for yourself or someone else. Or maybe for you, your week looked like spending time outside because you thrive in the sunny summer weather. Can I get an amen? Amen. The reason you are sitting in this room is because for whatever reason, this was a priority for you. You prioritize and spend your time doing what is important to you. And a good question to ask is, is the word a priority for you? When you look at this past week, where did reading the word of God fall into priority based off the things that you did? Was it super high, super low, maybe non-existent? Where did the word of God come into priority for you? Because listen, you cannot abound in the word if you aren't spending time in the word. And for the believer in the room, spending time in the word has to be a priority for you. If your faith is based off what the word says, it should be something that we're in daily. And listen, I get it. We live in a culture today that is nonstop, fast-paced, and busy as ever. And what happens is we start to prioritize all the things that need to get done. Cooking, cleaning, exercising, running errands, getting food, shopping, hanging with friends. That when it comes to reading the word, those things take precedence over reading the word. And then what happens is life hits and you aren't prepared you're trying to run the race, but instead of running the race with endurance, you're off over on the sidelines, huffing and puffing, completely out of shape, about to throw up, because you're not in the Word. And we need the Word. And I think if we realized that more often than we actually do, that it is the very words of God to us, that it's life to us, that it brings healing and understanding and teaching and correction, and that there is power in the word, that the word shows us the promises of God, that through it we know more about Jesus, like his characteristics and how we want and should be imitators of Christ, that through it it encourages us, that it increases our faith in God. It's how he speaks to us and allows us to hear from him. It's how we spend time with him and that the word of God allows us to see the glory of God on display. And I think if we truly knew that and believed that, that reading the word would then make its way to one of our top priorities when it comes to spending time with Jesus. I love how author and teacher John Piper puts it when he talks about spending time in the word. He says, Don't leave the word to fill the cracks. Force other things into the cracks. Meaning, don't leave the word to just fill in those spaces and times when you can find and make room for it. I got a lot going on, but I think I can squeeze it into this slot. 
No, we should put other things into those slots to free up space and time for the word to be a priority. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. We are to seek his presence continually. And we do that by spending time in his word, by spending time in prayer and worship and spending time ultimately with him. That's the second thing. Third thing, if you're taking notes, we read with purpose. How do we abound and overflow in the word of God? We read it with purpose. And our purpose in reading the word is to see Jesus in the scriptures, to know the Jesus of the scriptures, to worship the Jesus of the scriptures, to see the characteristics of Jesus in the scriptures and have a relationship with the Jesus of the scriptures. And if you're just opening up the scriptures to mark off a checklist for the day so that God will bless you, you're missing the whole point of why we read the word of God. This is how the Pharisees approach the scriptures. And Jesus rebukes them for it. Matthew 23, 27 through 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outward appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. John 5, 39 through 40 says, You search the scriptures, but you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. What Jesus is saying here is if you aren't reading the scriptures for the purpose of knowing him, you're just reading them to read them. I love how author John Bloom put it. He said, God is not interested in our Bible reading as some kind of ritual to perform as proof of our religion. He wants us to read the Bible so that we see him, so that we see him. God wants us to see his glory again and again and again. And a good question to ask yourself is, what is my purpose for reading the word? Is it to know Jesus, to to grow in Jesus to worship Jesus, to savor Jesus, to follow Jesus, to to be obedient to Jesus, to to know the truth of Jesus, so that then we can go share the truth of Jesus, that because of his grace and mercy towards us for the work that he accomplished by means of the crucifixion and the resurrection, we have life in him. Is that your purpose for reading the word? Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If you are a believer in the room, your faith has come from hearing through the word of Christ. Whether that was you hearing it while you listened to it, or you read it yourself, or someone shared the word with you, someone shared the gospel message with you, faith comes from hearing the word. And one of our purposes of reading the word is to be able to teach the word. Right? We have the greatest news in the world, world, and abounding in the word is sharing the word. It is sharing the hope that we have in Christ because of what he has done for us. And if you aren't reading the word, you won't know the word. <laughs> and it's going to be really hard to share the word. I can remember when I first substitute taught, I was in job transitions. 
still figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought this is going to be super easy. Because listen, back in the day when we had a sub, they, our teacher would uh, prepare and bring out like the big box TV that you plug in the wall and then that you get out the VHS player. Some of y'all before y'all's time, but we got a VHS player and we'd stick the VHS in, in the thing and we watch a movie, right? This is before DVD players, Netflix, all that. And so I was like, this is going to be smooth sailing, super easy. Well, one of the first weeks I substitute taught, uh, I show up to the classroom and lo and behold, uh, the teacher has me to do work. Not just pass out papers, but she wants me to teach the class. And by the way, this was a math class. Math is not, mm -mm. it's not my strong suit. So I'm like going through the problems in this book as fast as I can, trying to learn how to do these math problems that, that I'm supposed to teach before the, the kids get there. And so the kids show up, and I still have no idea what I'm doing. And so the kids come into the classroom, and I introduce myself, and I'm like, okay, uh, turn to page 15 in your books. Uh, we are going to learn, literally all of us, uh, how to do some math problems today. And so I write uh, this problem on the board, and the kids are just, like, sitting there, like, ready to learn and take notes. And I have no idea uh, what I'm doing. And so I thought, I'll just get one of the kids to teach class. So I said, hey, you know what? I actually wrote the problem on the board. Does anyone know how to do this problem? And uh, sure enough, one of the girls is like, I do. And I was like, great. So fifth grader comes up to the board, and uh, she does the problem. And all the kids are taking the notes, and so I'm like, sweet, this is going to work for the whole rest of the, the time I'm here. And so I kept doing that. Hey, does anyone else want to come up and, and te write the board, uh, figure out the problem, write out the answers? And so they did. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I had the answers to the, quest to the problem. I just didn't know how to get to the, to the, to the thing. So uh, I knew we were making some progress. Um, and so all that to say... Um, all that to say, I'm, I'm laughing because there's a lot of teachers in this room that I personally know, and they're like, you're the sub I would never, ever, ever ask back. And I'm like, that's totally fair. <laughs> but here's the point of that story. Here's the point of the story. Listen, you can't teach something you don't know. You can't teach something you don't know. If I had studied the book, knew the book, was always in the book, guess what? I would have been able to teach it. And listen, in order to abound in the word of God, you have to know the word of God. In order to share the word of God, you have to read the word of God. And our purpose for reading the word is to know God. And then we are called to go share it. And listen, we read the Bible for the purpose it was intended for. We enjoy reading it. And lastly, abounding in the word is enjoying the word. The Bible is meant to be enjoyed because of what it is, which is the very words of God written to us to show and reveal to us God's redeeming story to us. That every text relates to some aspect of God's redeeming grace through Christ Jesus. That God's word is a testament to his character. The word is his story from beginning to end of God's redeeming love that points us to our Savior Jesus to redeem mankind and to reconcile us back to the Father God, to bridge the gap that sin separated between God and man and to restore his creation. The purpose of this book is to reveal God to us. 
to know him, for our hearts to be transformed by him, and that we would enjoy him. And what the word of God reveals to us is that Jesus is everything. And that from cover to cover, this book, his word, is all about Jesus. Starting in the book of Genesis, in Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the great high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he is salvation's choice. In Judges, he is the lawgiver. In Ruth, he is the kinsman redeemer. In 1 and 2 Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicle, he's sovereign. In Ezra, he is the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and dreams. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the timeless redeemer, and there is no one like him. In Psalms, he is our morning song. He is, his ear is attentive to the cry of his people. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. He lifts us up out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and sets our feet on the rock and gives us a firm foundation. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In Proverbs, he is wisdom's choice. In Ecclesiastes, he's the time and season. And in the Song of Solomon, he's the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. And in Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the cry for Israel. And in Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. And in Daniel, he's the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he's the spirit's power. In Amos, he is the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he is the Lord, our Savior. And in Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, he is our peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he brings revival. In Haggai, he restores that which was lost. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, he is God, man, Messiah. And in the book of Acts, he is fire from heaven. And in Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, he's the minister of reconciliation. In Galatians, he is freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he is the servant's heart. In Colossians, he is the Godhead trinity. In Thessalonians, he is our coming king. And in T Timothy and Titus and Philemon, he is our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, the one who heals the sick. And first and second Peter, he's our faithful shepherd. In John, he is our love and is greater than anything this world has to offer. And in Jude, he is the lover coming for his bride. And in Revelation, he is the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He is the Lamb of God. He is the great I Am. He is the King of kings, Lord of lords. And he's coming back to make all things new. And his name is Jesus. And listen. 
He wants nothing more than a relationship with you. That you would know his love for you. That he loved you so much that he sacrificed his own life for you. That he died on the cross for you. Taking on your sins as a punishment. Because he loved you that much. That he rose again three days later conquering sin and death because he loved you. And if you don't know the Jesus of the scriptures, let me tell you, the Jesus of the scriptures, the one true God, wants not for you just to know about him, but to truly know him. And we know this through his beloved word that he so graciously gifted us with. The reason we are to abound in his word is because it's all about him. For the purpose of knowing and worshiping him. And ladies, my prayer for you, our prayer for you, as you leave this conference, is that you would know God. That you would have a relationship with God. That you would go abound and overflow in him. And one way we do that is by abounding in his word. Amen? Let's pray.